Welcome to Business Without Barriers, the game changer show helping you win in a decade of disruption. I'm your host, Carmen Wild, and today's game changer is fueled by the vision to close the wealth gap, to help 99% of the world invest in the best global real estate like the top 1% can. Scott Picken is the founder and CEO of Wealth Migrate, and I'm so excited to welcome, welcome him back to the show today. Welcome, Scott. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you very much, Carmen. Wonderful to be back online. Yeah, I know you have an, an, a really busy week, um, so I I'm, I'm really appreciate the time that you've given to, to join us again today. And Congratulations is in order, I believe. You've just been awarded a Category 1 crowdfunding license by the uh, Financial Services Conduct Authority. Tell us, Scott, um, why is that such a game changer for you and, and specifically for investors? Yeah, look, I think the there's two reasons why it's important. And actually, well, it's actually, there's three reasons because it's it's important for investors, it's important for the industry and it's important for us. So the first one for investors is that investors, when they invest, they like to invest in regulated products. It makes them feel safe. It makes them mm-hmm. feel like the regulator has been uh, through it. So for the last, sure, as far back as 2015, the regulator came out and said crowdfunding is not a regulated industry and therefore we weren't doing anything wrong, but we also weren't doing anything right, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We were like in a gray area. And uh, now the regulation has come out. So for investors, it gives them the peace of mind that it is you know, in the regulatory space. For the industry as a whole, it's also important because all the financial service providers, most of them cannot participate unless it's a regulated product. It's just the rules and their mandates and everything in between. So it it kind of has taken it from a kind of an edgy new age um, concept to kind of mainstream. And that's important because fintech is becoming a massive thing throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And the regulators embracing it now, I believe it's very, very important for the South African ecosystem and even the African ecosystem. And, you know, unfortunately, we are probably seven or eight years behind England, uh, England, which has been pretty much the, the kind of the best of breed when it comes to regulation. But many other countries, America, Europe, et cetera, have, um, have adopted crowdfunding. Now, to put it in perspective, in England, the, the um, two biggest sites there in crowdfunding are one called Cedars and one called Crowdcube. Now, they're actually joining together. And they're going to be bigger than AIM. So you've got the London stock market, and then you've got AIM, which is kind of like the secondary market. And they're going to be bigger than AIM. So they're going to be bigger than the second biggest stock market. That's the impact that it's had over the last um, seven years in in England. So creating massive jobs, um, having a big impact on funding new business, on funding new projects, and obviously investors being able to participate um, in in the ecosystem. So I, b- I believe it's got a very big impact for the for the industry as a whole. And then the third one for us is that, as you know, if you take those first two, um, it obviously has an impact because you know the the, the investors get peace of mind by it being mm-hmm. regulated, and we have a much broader market of supply that we can work with that now sees this as mainstream business. So it, it, it makes it a lot easier than kind of being risque and on the edge. You know? mm, absolutely. Well, 
I'd like to, maybe you can touch on it a little bit more when you speak about this wealth revolution that you're pioneering through the wealth migrate ecosystem. And, you know, on that kind of an ecosystem, how crowdfunding fits into that. So take us into it, Scott. Tell us what you're doing at Wealth Migrate, what this ecosystem is about, and again, why it's such a game changer for the 99% that you want to actually uh, support in terms of global um, uh, real estate investments. Well, I think the easiest way to describe it is if I take a step back, you know, I am, um, it's a bit of a longer story, but, and I think we spoke about it even on your first interview, but so I'll just keep it short. But, but in simple terms, my dad did what everyone else has been taught to do. You know, he went to school, he went to university, he worked hard, he got a great job and he started investing, he paid his taxes and he kind of trusted the financial industry. And yet when my father passed away, he was broke. And you know, when I looked into it, 94% uh, of people in England, Australia, and America, statistically at the age of 65, will follow my dad. They'll either be broke, dead, or reliant on the government. 5% uh, will be financially independent, which sounds pretty good. And, you know, if you're in a live room and you ask people, most people put up their hand. But actually, they earn 25% less than their last paycheck. Mm -hmm. that, that's the definition of financially independent. So I tend to call that financially trapped. And, um, and only 1% actually ends up being wealthy. So we're all running this race. <laughs> and it's like 100 of us start the race and only one of us like gets to the finish line. It, it like, doesn't make any sense. So I decided personally to do it a very different way. I went and looked at it and 49% of the world's wealth was held in real estate, property. And I started investing in property at a very young age. I did my first project when I was 13. And... And then what I realized was that more and more people wanted to copy. You know, they also wanted access. And, uh, and so we started a company when I was 25, or I started a company when I was 25, helping people buy houses, apartments in England, Australia, America, and South Africa. But what I realized was that that was residential. And two things happened. Um, in 2009, when we had the last crash, 2008, 2009, was the first thing was there was this opportunity in England where we could buy 48 units in Wimbledon. Most people have heard of Wimbledon, the mm -hmm. tennis game. And we could buy it at a 50% discount. And it was a huge discount. And, you know, 12% cash on cash returns, fully furnished, fully tenanted. I mean, it was like a no-brainer. There was one little problem that I needed $10 million, uh, 10 million pounds, sorry. And, um, you know, I ran around, I had two and a half thousand investors and I just couldn't get them to work together. And, and so... Mm -hmm. I thought, no, this is ridiculous. Like we need to have a technology platform to bring people together to have the buying power of the institutions. And the second thing was, you know, I was in Australia and I was with two very wealthy men and they were buying medical buildings. And I was like, why medical? No one's ever told me about medical. And, you know, it was the, again, I, I spoke about this in the last series, but it was, you know, it was doctors never leave their premises they're economically resilient no matter what happens, which is funny with the whole COVID thing now. And thirdly, you know, they're very good at being doctors, but they're not good at, you know, accountants. So they pay very good long-term mm -hmm. leases. And again, I was like, this is a no-brainer. Like, why has no one ever put me this? And so the essence of those two stories is that what I realized was that wealthy people, the top 1%, are investing in asset classes that you and I don't even have access to, or to be fair, don't even know about, let alone don't have access. And so we decided to create Wealth Migrate with the essence of helping everybody invest like the top 1%. Uh, 
the only difference is you don't need to have $5 million or $10 million or $20 million. You know, you can get started from $1,000. You can get started even from $100 and, and invest in the same quality assets, earning the same quality return, um, obviously proportional. But, you know, 10% of $100 and 10% of a million dollars is still 10%. Hmm. I like the way you've given us those stories again, and even I've seen it from a different angle, even though I've heard you say it before, because what it also looks like is that, you know, one of my questions to you would be, Scott, how does someone wake up one day and decide they're going to close the wealth gap? Like, you know, other people are going to tell you, well, are you, are you just smoking something? How do you do that? But it's you coming across certain things along your path, the possibilities firing up in your mind and you're asking the questions and then just doing something about it. So it sounds to me like it's not something you just woke up one day and decided your, your, path, your path was sort of guided towards that. Am I, am I hearing right? And you just took the opportunities as, as they came along. Yeah, I think if I understand your question correctly, it's, it kind of feels like a bit of a passion and a purpose. So yes. Yes. I always like building things. And I think really the impact of my dad's story had a, had a defining impact mm -hmm. on my life. And so it's been more like I tend to joke with people. I'm a, I'm a one trick pony. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is that, you know, I did my dissertation in 1998 on how technology was going to change the construction okay. and property industry. And, um, and so both on a, at a, theoretical level, a studying level, I've always been interested about marrying together kind of property and technology. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and have been doing that now for what, 23 years. That's why I joke, I'm this one trick pony. <laughs> and, and then at a purpose level, obviously, the impact of my dad, you know, had a huge, huge impact mm -hmm. for me. I think there's probably a third thing, you know, when you grow up in Africa, uh, two parts to it, one is coming originally from Zimbabwe, you have to diversify, you, you just can't have all the uh, eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work like that. Um, and secondly, you know, we see the wealth gap every single day in, mm -hmm. in, in South Africa. And so, you know, I tend to joke when you're in Europe or England or America or Australia, they talk about the wealth gap and it's, you know, these poor people that live in houses with DSTV satellites outside their house, you know, they don't really understand what poverty is. Um, whereas we do, we see it every single day. And I am, um, what I find most interesting is that when people think about poverty, and most of the people that are listening to this are not in that, well, all of them are not in the bracket that, mm. that they think about. But then I challenge them and I say, well, when did you last invest in a medical bill? Or when did you last invest in a structured note? Or when did you last buy not just one apartment, but the entire building? Or when did you last <laughs> you know, get involved in a development in Portugal? And I could keep going, okay? And the answer is, probably none of those, mm. okay? And, and then they have to realize that they're still investing like middle-class investors. And if they invest like middle-class investors, they're going to, you know, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. Yes. And statistically, they're going to follow the stats. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I tend, to, I tend to joke with the wealth gap, you know, everyone tends to think it's them. But mm. what people start realizing is it's not them, it's us. Sure. So that's that's a sobering thought, Scott. Um, 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. That's exactly it. We don't think like that. And we think we're okay. And we think we have time. And we think that we can somehow race to that finish line. Um, and, and your company is helping us show, you know, help helping show quite differently. So give me a little bit more. Sorry. Yeah. I do want to answer your question, though. I also don't think you solve the wealth gap by empowering a billion people at a time. Yeah. I believe yeah. you solve it by empowering one person at a time. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think if you, whether you invest a million dollars or whether you invest a hundred dollars, I find it fascinating that I can see the light bulbs come on when someone becomes a global citizen. And what I mean by that is that once they start investing and they start realizing, okay, they're, they're investing in first world assets, they're earning a first world income. And, you know, if you're getting 10% on $100, that's only $10. That's not going to change your life. Mm. But if you change your habits, you can change your financial destiny. Mm. And is, is your ecosystem helping change those habits? Is that why you've created an entire ecosystem with so many supports mechanisms? I'd like to think so, yes. So, you know, because I actually believe there's six steps that, that each investor needs or, or six needs that each investor needs. The first one is belief. And, you know, Henry Ford says it best. He said, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the problem is, is that if someone doesn't believe it's possible, then everything else is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing is they need the knowledge. And, you know, I'm happy to share a graph if you want me to just, just on this because it's quite you know, visual, visual if you want me to share it with yeah, people. Yeah, go ahead. That'd be great. I'll do that. I'll, I can share my screen because it'll probably be a little bit, make a little bit more sense if I share my screen mm. here. Okay. So the first thing is the belief. And it all starts in the, in, the, in the head, basically. The second one is knowledge. And what you've got to be very careful of is, funny enough, I've got this book sitting next to me, but it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Most uh -huh. people have read Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got to be careful you don't get stuck in analysis paralysis, which is where you think to yourself, I don't know enough, I can't get started. Because that's mm -hmm. also not the truth. You know, I, I believe nowadays you can learn while doing. The third is access and investment. Like you actually have to get started. Mm -hmm. I always joke with people, Carmen, you've probably heard me say this, but no one ever learned to walk by reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you need a system. You, you know, whether you use our system or someone else's system and, or your own system, it doesn't matter, but you need a system to track your investments mm -hmm. and, and know how you're doing. The third is you need support and accountability. And, you know, the sixth is ultimately success. And for me, success is results and, and wealth and, and ultimately the word um, freedom. And mm -hmm. what most people think is that it's a, a linear kind of, um, you know, one-way process, but it's actually not. It's, a, it's an upward spiral. Because as much as you start getting success, you're going to start getting more belief, you're going to get more knowledge. Yeah. And so with this framework, what I think is very, very important here is that you can, you can start with $100 or you can start with a million dollars. It's the same thing because you're going to go through all of these six steps in a, in, a, in a logical way. And once you start to see it working and it comes back here, you're going to do it more and more and more again, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, just if you don't mind, I'll share a quick gift with, because we've all read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Yes, almost yes. And, you know, you've got this employee mindset, you've got the self-employed kind of mindset, you've got the business owner and you've got the investor. And I tend to say to people that, you know, people that are in the employee section are often beginners when it comes to investors. You know, the self-employed have kind of generally started or trying to do something and they're in the intermediate. You know, the business owner is often you know quite advanced in it 
but each and every one of them is wanting to be here, which is a global mm. you know, citizen, a global investor, diversified across income, assets, currencies, partners, et cetera. I think the important part is that what I'm just trying to show people is that in the old days, you know, 20 something years ago, I read this book and, and had to run out and kind of go and buy houses. But what I learned was that that's very middle-class thinking. Mm. Um, and nowadays with technology, we can go up the value chain. We can invest like the top 1%. And if we're at the beginner stage, we can start with $100. And if we're at the you know, intermediate stage, we can start with 1000 to $10,000. You know? And if we're at the advanced stage, we can start with $100,000 plus. You know? It doesn't matter. But each and every one of us can go far quicker to source and, and become that investor without all the hassle that you previously didn't have. Mm. Or oh, sorry, that you previously did, did have. That you did have. have. Yeah, so make it a little bit more real for us, Scott, for people who are not familiar with your uh, the, the product that you actually offer. So you, you've, you know, that those steps that you've shown are actually covered in every single part of, of the kind of very smart technologies, very smart platform that you've put on, um, put together for, for investors. So if you could just give us an idea. So someone comes onto your platform um, and from as little as $100, they literally have access to global real estate investment opportunities. If you could just give us a little bit more of that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get you up another slide here quickly. Um, because I think there's two things I'd like to show you, basically. Um, the first one is just visually seeing it. So what you basically got in a traditional marketplace is you got supply. So you got kind of quality partners on the supply side. And then this could be in England, Australia, America, Europe, whatever, even South Africa. And these are quality partners. They then list their products. So rather than buying an apartment, you buy the entire building in London. And then you and I come along and we've got direct access to quality partners and quality opportunities. And then there's four simple steps. You know, we sign up to be able to view the deals. We if, you know, select the investment. We, we, we also KYC and kind of fund our, our wallet. Um, we can transact online and we manage our entire portfolio in one place. You know, it's really that easy. And if I was to go here quickly and literally log in because I don't think there's anything more powerful than actually seeing it. I don't know. Do you want me to do a quick demo? Yeah, you can do a, a one minute demo right. given that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I'm doing is I've logged in now. You should be able to see it. All I was showing is you can have different entities between your personal name and different offshore structures. Um, you can go and you can see your wallets. You can see it in multiple different currencies as well. Um, and then in simple terms, you can, you can go in, you've got real estate investments so as an example, this is a deal at the moment in Portugal with John Robbie. So, I mean, John Robbie's the guy who's behind Century City. He's probably the most successful developer in Cape Town. Um, and I mean, you can literally go in and invest alongside him from $100. Hmm. Um, this corporate park here is uh, with Feltman Equities. They're a 40-year-old uh, company. They, you know, they've got billions and billions of dollars under management. This is in Fort Lauderdale with if people don't know Fort Lauderdale, but it's a very, very wealthy area in, in Florida, basically. And you can invest you know, directly alongside them and or you can go into alternative assets with things like structured notes. But, but let's just say that I, um, I wanna go in and I like this one. 
I'm not going to go into all the detail because we don't have it now, but I mean, I can read through, I can see all the financials. I can go read about the risk. I can you know, download the documentation. It's all here. Uh, and by the way, I can also go and put in a calculator and see exactly what the fees are. There's complete transparency. So, you know, you know, not the old way of doing it where everything's hidden. Um, and you literally, let's say I want to invest in this deal. I go in, I say, right, I'm going to invest a thousand dollars. I acknowledge that I've read everything. I obviously download the docs, um, like we all do. And uh, effectively, <laughs> I've, um, I've now invested uh, in less than a minute in uh, Fort Lauderdale. That's crazy. Um, and if I go to my portfolio, I can go and basically see all my investments. I can see my pending investments. You can see I've invested in Portugal. I've invested in Florida. Um, you've got my investments kind of alongside it. You can see all my previous investments, and then I can go and look at it in whatever currency I want, you know, my different wallets, et cetera. So, you know, for me, Carmen, I think the most important thing is that mm -hmm. if we go back to those six steps, the belief and the knowledge we take care of with the Wealth University. So mm -hmm. we've got a whole lot of products and, and training where people need the, the belief system and the knowledge to be mm -hmm. able to succeed. And then steps four and five, or sorry, three and four, which is the accessibility and the investment and the system of, I've just shared that with you. And then kind of the ongoing coaching and accountability. I believe that that comes more through community than mm -hmm. anything else. So there's a great stat that came out from Deepak Chakra, where if you try to do something on your own, you've got a less than 50% chance of succeeding. If you do it with a business partner, a husband, a wife, you've got about a 60% chance of succeeding. Whereas if you do it in a like-minded community, you've got a higher than 70% chance of succeeding. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so these are the things when you, when you talk about the system, there's different parts of the system, which I believe are important to help each investor on their journey. Mm. And if we put it into perspective, if a fair amount of people who are watching this would have at some point invested in property and we know what it takes to invest in property locally, never mind globally. What you've just shown us is an absolute game changer to go onto a platform and to literally through a few clicks to bypass all the freaking crazy um, hoops that we have to go through is, is just incredible. And that's how you're making it so accessible to literally the 99% as long as if they have at least that minimum amount that you bring down constantly, um, the minimum investment. Uh, where are you down to now, Scott? Well, $100. So you can actually see there that the minimum one on the Portugal deal is $97. Um, and the logic is, is that um, the fees are 3%. So it's a $100 investment you, you, mm -hmm. you're, you're participating, you know. But I think, Carmen, it, it is quite important because you mentioned the 99%. We did originally start with the 99%, but we've actually changed that lingo to everyone because my attitude, if you've got a million dollars or even $10 million, mm -hmm. the chances of you going to America and investing in alongside a Feltman or whatever are like zero, mm -hmm. literally zero. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, and again, I speak from experience here. You know, unless you arrive in... America with $100 million cash and quite a lot of track record, you're, you're nobody, <laughs> like you don't exist. <laughs> you might think you're a very big fish in your town or your country, but, but you're not that big in the, in the bigger picture of the world. And so we actually changed it from the 99% to everyone because using the technology, whether you're investing from $100 or whether you're investing 
you know, $5 million or even $10 million, you know, it, 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 um, you get the same outcome. And what I think is also important is that if you take Ray Dalio, and, you know, I, I presume your listeners know who Ray Dalio is, mm-hmm. but just in case you don't, go and check him up and, and, and go and read his book, Principles. It's one of the best books I've ever read. And he's talking a lot. I mean, he's probably the financial commentator I listen to most in the world right now. Um, he seems to make the most sense. And he says, you know, the number one principle that we need to do in this current market is to diversify across countries, across currencies, across assets, and across partners. And why I believe this is really important is that even if you've got $10 million, I believe it makes far more sense to invest a million dollars in 10 deals than $10 million in one deal. Mm. Absolutely. And, and so your platform is allowing to, do, even though it's real estate, it's allowing to do, like you say, cross geography, cross currencies, whatever it is, and different deals as well, which... Well, it's not, it's not only real estate now, mm. because we've, as you, as you saw on the platform yes, that I showed you... Yes, I saw that. I mean, we've got a green energy project coming. We've got a solar project coming. We've done private equity. We've done convertible debt structures. Um, we've got a we've got a structured note at the moment. So you know, really, from a again back to a Ray Dalio perspective, you actually are now getting access to all. There's there's two different things here, and again, I'm, it's a funny language that I've only learned in the last year or two, where secondary markets are stock markets. They are listed uh, structures. <laughs> And we don't do secondary markets, but what we do do is primary markets. So anything that is kind of not through a stock market, so be it real estate, private equity, convertible debt, you know, uh, green energy, et cetera, they're all primary market stuff. And we, we, we allow people to participate. And coming back to your point, Carmen, those were traditionally the hardest things for people to invest in because they were off market. You've got to set up the bank account, set up the structures, uh, it's very, very tricky and, you know, trying to organize your own finance and everything in between. Then actually owning the, the, the asset is extremely difficult. You've got to manage it, you, your long distance relationships, everything. It's, it's extremely tough. Whereas with the technology and the platform, it's become a lot easier. You now you can get access to these opportunities in a much safer way um, and you can manage them in a much simpler way. So we call it much safer and simpler than the previous model. And again, whether you've got a million dollars, $10 million or $100, it makes your life a lot easier. Mm. So to to just round up this, um, you know, the the giving giving people an understanding of what they're getting with with your ecosystem. What would be one or two reasons that you would say at least check this ecosystem out? Why why should people want to? I'm sure there are other ways that we can, you know, they can invest in property a little bit simpler than doing it themselves. But I know why I want to be part of your ecosystem, um, Scott, but I'd love you to explain why. Yeah, look, it's interesting because your your whole series is around the digital disruption Mm -hmm. um, over the next 10 years. And I think as investors, you know, we can acknowledge that the world is changing the way we invest is changing, the way we buy is changing, the way we gather information is changing, literally everything around us is changing. And there's only really two options we've got. We can watch it happen um, or we can be part of it happening. It's literally that simple. And, and so my attitude is that, you know, to some extent, there's a huge benefit in dipping your toe. And even if it's, you know, you don't have to bet the farmhouse to, to get going, but dip your toe, start to realize how it works. 
I personally, my personal story is that I own 16 properties um, in residential houses or apartments. And when I did the maths, took all the emotion out of it, just did the maths, my 16 properties were getting a lower return than my, you know, my investments on the platform wow. and were a hell of a lot more hassle. So I had more hassle, less return, or low hassle, more return. It was like a mm -hmm. no-brainer. So, you know, for me, the first lesson would be dip your toe. Um, and, and, and like me, you know, when I personally, I mean, I know, I know I'm part of creating the platform, but just for my own personal investments it made more sense. And the second thing that I think is critically important is it is a mindset shift because if you are buying houses or apartments or even commercial buildings, you tend to do it where you know. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, if you're from, let's just say Joburg, the chances are you're going to be investing in Joburg. If you're from Cape Town, you're going to be doing Cape Town. If you're from Mauritius, you're going to be doing in Mauritius. And I believe that that whole mindset needs to change dramatically now. You know, you've got to think like a global citizen. You've got to start investing around the world. You've got to start deploying your capital to where you see the long-term fundamentals making sense. And the only way, in my opinion, is to do that online because we just don't have the time or the energy or the money for that matter to fly all over the world and be setting up structures and bank accounts and managing it. It's just a nightmare. So for me, I believe that that, that fundamental mindset shift has to happen for people. And you know what better thing than to be a global citizen and to live wherever you want um, send your kids to whatever school or whatever university. And if you choose to live in the emerging world, like I do, I choose to live in South Africa, not because I have to, but because I want to. Um, but yet you've got offshore assets with an offshore income. You know, that that's utopia, <laughs> you know, and that's what I tend to refer to as freedom. So my question to people is how important is your freedom? Mm, nice question. <laughs> Thanks for that, uh, Scott. And yes, um, if if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, really, it's it, it's worth your while. Like Scott says, just go check it out. Just dip your toe, and you don't even have to dip your, dip your toe. You can just check it out for a while and and see if it's if it's for you. And to be able to have be a global real estate investor um, with such easy accessibility and and um, convenience and be part of the community and I think that's that's the big thing is um, I'm part of Scott's community and there, there's just so much wealth of knowledge people are backing each other um, looking out for each other and to my mind this is how we win in a, in a decade of disruption and we have to do it we have to win together so um, but yeah so Scott thank you for that um, it's so important because you asked me for a, for a, for a quote and it's one that I heard a, a while ago from someone where most people still have a 20th century mindset, which is around competition. Yes. And it's no longer about competition, it's about collaboration. Yes. And you know, I and and you know, the it's a it's a thing that I heard a couple of years ago that I love because it's not about competition, it's about collaboration. And mm. it's a shift from scarcity to abundance. Mm. Totally. And and I agree with you, and that's what this this show stands for. In fact, our vision is to make collaboration the new competition. And I think if we have that mindset, we'll go so much further because we, we're doing it together. And with that, um, it's, it's like your crowdfunding, um, you know, getting the license for that. It's, it's all moving towards that collaboration rather than competition. And we can do so much better together. But we've got to, it's not about win-lose anymore. It's about winning together. 
And that is the only way we can actually do this. So um, thanks, thanks, Scott, for that. Um, it's time for your whiz bomb. So the whiz bomb here in, on Game Changer is in six, 60 seconds, I've asked uh, Scott to tell us the smartest piece of advice or realization that literally left him in awe when he got it. So go for it, Scott. What's that? I think for me, it's probably a partnership. And what I mean by that is that the fastest way to success is to copy successful people. Um, I tried to read books and read autobiographies and everything else. But what I realized is there's an even faster way than copying successful people. It's partnering with successful people. So you can go and you know spend the 20 years figuring it all out yourself, or you can just partner with people that are already doing it. And, you know, I, I think when you've got skin in the game, you, uh, you take a far bigger, you know, uh, knowledge of what's happening. So, you know, it's all good and well to go and read about this stuff, but none of us ever learned to swim or walk by reading a book. And, um, and you can get started now by partnering with others that have done it for decades. Fantastic. Fantastic. So and it talks right into the collaboration again. And I know you've got partners all around the world and you've literally created, you've actually been able to not only start, implement, but really create a dent already in terms of this closing the wealth gap. And you've done that through partnerships around the world. So it's it's testimony to what you're doing. Um, so one of the things we want to do on the show as well, Scott, is to, to really allow the BWB family to become a lot more um, alert in terms of what's coming. And um, you're a game changer as you, you're in the markets, you, you're out there, you've got your, your ear to the ground, you're speaking to people around the world. Please share with us two things. Um, what you believe the most exciting disruption is that you foresee in, in the coming decade that could impact business or life as we know it. And then the converse of that, one of the most concerning disruptions you foresee that we need to really be aware of so that we can de-risk our business. If you could share that with us, your thoughts, please. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a how long have we got type conversation. But <laughs> exactly. The, the one that I've been most interested in for the last five years or so is, is blockchain. And when one looks at blockchain, I think it's going to have as big an impact, if not a big impact, than the internet itself. Um, if you take what the impact the internet's had on you in the last 25 years, and I, I say you and all your listeners, I think blockchain is going to have a similar impact. You know, it just, it just cuts out all the middlemen. And I mean, we're at such an early stage in where it's going. People think blockchain, you know, they, they most of, everyone's heard of Bitcoin now, but what they don't realize is that Bitcoin is the currency that's built on top of the, the technology called blockchain. And so imagine if everything was able to be decentralized without middlemen, with, you don't have to trust banks, you don't have to trust deeds offices, you don't have to trust governments because there's, you know, no middlemen. And I think it's going to have a very big impact. How that's going to happen, I'm, this is where I get a little bit confused myself. Um, and I was quite an early adopter in cryptocurrency and everything else. But it's, it sort of ties in with your second question, which is, you know, what's the biggest, what, what your question was something along the lines of, what's the biggest negative that I see? And I, I see a huge amount of chaos. 
as governments and central banks and regulators try and fight to hold on to the status quo. Um, and and uh, so just to put that in perspective, so let me, let me give you a perspective of what I'm talking about. So in the property game, if you do an NFT, which is a non-fungible token, or you, you put a property on the blockchain, you basically don't need a deeds office. There's no need for a deeds office. Um, now, are governments and countries going to allow their deeds office to be put on a private blockchain that has nothing to do with them and or private currency? You know, like in China right now, they're coming out with the Chinese Bitcoin, if you want to call it that. But it's regulated by the government, which kind of, it's kind of is an oxymoron in itself because mm. it's not supposed mm. to have someone regulating. But the point being is that I see this being a massive uh, um, disruption over the next, I, I actually don't know if it's a decade or longer, as the old world holds on to what they used to and the new world kind of you know, evolves. And you know, I heard a, a funny thing in China years ago where innovation has to outpace regulation. So the logic is, is that they have to innovate faster than the regulators can keep up. And so for investors, I think the opportunity lies in the disruption. It definitely lies in where the world's going and understanding these big waves. And, and it's really important, you know, when you look at exponential technologies, there's 16 of them, artificial intelligence, big data. We've all heard it before, robotics, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to go and learn about all of them, but you do have to find ones that you're interested in. And then you need to kind of start to follow it and understand it. Um, and that's where the opportunity lies. The negative side is, as I've said already, is how governments and regulators and banks are going to fight against it. And a classic example is that on our platform, we had cryptocurrency. I mean, you could literally invest in a building using Bitcoin. And we were shut down um, by the banks. And our third-party payment provider, so it's called a payment service provider called Lemonway, which is the biggest in Europe, by the way. I mean, they do billions of euros per year. They deal with the top five banks in Europe. And those top five banks said, if anyone's using crypto, then they won't support them. So it's exactly what I'm saying. Like, it's not a fair game. Like, you're not, you can't have both. Like the old world saying, pick. Uh, very much the competition mindset. And the new world's going, no, but we should collaborate. And I don't quite see how that bridge is going to get crossed um, because at the moment it seems to be rising tension. Mm. So how do you navigate that in your world where you are constantly needing to like, <laughs> you know, deal with that tension? Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good question and I don't necessarily know the answer mm -hmm. um, because... I was quite surprised in 2017 and 2018 when we came out with a cryptocurrency, how, how strong the old world was against change. Um, and what we realized is you can build a platform for the future, but you need to eat in the present. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so it is, a, it is a real challenge. I think from our perspective, you've got to do both. Um, and... You've kind of got to you've got to deal with mainstream at the same time as knowing where the future is coming from, um, and I think again this comes back to the the very word I've used a number of times today already, which is diversification. You you've got to be looking at at different options, and then the last thing that I think is really important is that you know having you know quite close to our borders is Zimbabwe, and having watched them go through financial chaos. Um, 
it was really interesting watching the assets that still performed in Zimbabwe. And there are good quality assets that still provide good quality income. And whether you're getting paid in US dollars or pigs and goats, it doesn't matter. You're still getting paid. People will always find a way to transact if you've got something of value. And so, you know, I think one thing, Carmen, that, that I think everyone needs to keep in mind is that it's all good and well to be very new agey, but Bitcoin can go to naught. It literally can go to naught. It can go to a million dollars, but it can go to naught. Um, and I do think there are assets, intrinsic assets, that people will always need no matter what happens in the economy. They need a house to live in, you know, with a roof over their heads. They need hospitals uh, if they're sick. They need schools, you know, for their children. Now, whether everything's going to go online, I think we've learned with COVID that most parents would quite happily send their kids to school. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think my point being is that still keep your eye on, on human needs and long-term trends. Um, and, and I think if you balance those two out, then sustainable energy is another one. And, you know, if you, if you balance those, those out, uh, um, sorry, just quickly, there's another deal that we've got coming on the platform, which is a logistics park. And, you know, with e-commerce, they all need logistics. So, you know, it's about future-proofing long-term trends that I think are, are really, really important. Um, and if you do that, along with all the new age stuff, then you're probably going to balance yourself out fairly well. Mm. So what I'm hearing you saying is learn to play in both worlds. It's not an either-or game at this point in time. Play in both and, and be surrounded by people that are, are really understanding how this is working and, and changing as we go. Is that what I'm hearing you say, Scott? I think so, I think so yeah. And, and mm. well summarized, I think... I think um, it's very important. You know, there's a great there's a great interview which I highly recommend with Jeff Bezos around Zappos. So if you just Google Jeff Bezos Zappos, mm -hmm. and it's literally seven or eight minutes long, and he talks about the four things he knows, and the one is always focus on the customer, the second is always focus on long term trends, the third is it's never either or thinking, it's and both thinking, and the fourth is every day is day one. And I mean, those are, and like he says, like those are the four things he knows. And so if we take that into concept, and obviously he's talking from business, but we take it into our personal lives, you know, it is about long-term thinking and it is about, you know, and both thinking. And and the last thing you've said, which I which I completely buy into, is that you're going to get there a hell of a lot faster in a partnership or even better in ecosystem than you are on your own. And and that's where from Wealth Migrate's perspective, we actually use the word migrate with the concept of animals, you know, where, where a bird can fly 70% further in a flock than it can on its own. And so, again, you can go into this next decade all on your own and try to figure it all out yourself, or you can be part of like-minded communities that, in my opinion, are going to get you there a lot faster with a lot less energy. Mm. So to round it up, maybe you can um, give it to us in a start-stop um, you know, in light of what we've just said, what should entrepreneurs start and stop doing to, to enable them and to empower themselves to really thrive over this very turbulent time that we're in? Yeah, it's, uh, so, so the stop one's easy. The stop one for me is, is uh, don't hang around negative people. And you know, stop kind of listening to the news and the press 
And again, these are all cliches. We've all heard it a hundred thousand times, but you know, there's just no value in hanging around the negativity. Um, so for me, it's, it's stop focusing on the negatives. Um, and to start it's focus. You know, I, I love what I learned from Richard Branson and that's that it's solve people's problems. You know, if you're solving people's problems, then you're going to have a long-term you know, business. And so I love that concept from Zig Ziglar. You can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And so, you know, my attitude is, is focus on where you want to get to and, and why you want to get there. And if you clear on the why, then the what and the how will come. Mm-hmm. And, and the only other thing I would say is partner, learn, invest. You know, you, you, you've got to be, Roger Hamilton's got a great saying, which you need to be a, a leading learner. And what, what he's basically saying by that is that you can never know enough. And not only once you've learned something, you should be teaching others because the whole concept of, you know, one of the fastest ways to learn something is to teach others. So, you know, start being a leading learner and, and you've just got to be in an environment and ecosystems where you're learning. And that can't just be in the town, the country, the city that you're in. It's got to be at a global level. You've got to be playing with the best to breed people around the world. Um, and, you know, I'll leave you with one thought, but I've heard this now from multiple different people. So it's really interesting concept is that you no longer have to go and create Tesla. You can buy shares in Tesla and you can kind of learn, you know, and and be part of the Tesla journey. You don't have to buy shares in Apple or Google or, or sorry, you don't have to go and start those companies. You you don't have to, you know, start a wealth migrate or, or, um, you know, any of these type of things you, you can actually now participate alongside them and learn in the journey. And it's, and you know, in the past, everyone thought, oh, well, I'm not Jeff Bezos. I can't go and create an Amazon. Mm-hmm. That's rubbish. You, you can be part of it now. And the one thing that I think is important is that, you know, we, we, you can't do everything. So mm-hmm. find what you love and, and then partner with people that, that love other things. Such a nice way to, to round it up. Um, thank you, Scott. And thank you for, um, been on the show again and then bringing us this, this wisdom again from a, a same and different perspective again, which, which is really nice. And well, what, what I can safely say, I'm very happy to say to, to everyone is um, Scott's been in this game for a long time and he's, he's been disrupting his market for a long time. And um, what he, he walks the talk. So whatever he's, he, he shares with us, he is either found it out the hard way, done it himself, um, or partnered with people to find it. So thanks. Thanks for sharing what you have today again, Scott. And um, it's more of the hard way than anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you more things that don't work than things that do. But at least, you know what I love, Scott? You're still standing to, you t- to tell the story. You don't stop. You keep going. And, and that's what it takes. And um, that's, that's what, what I admire about you is you just keep going because it's a freaking tough industry. And we're hit at all angles in so many different ways at the, at, at the moment. And if we're not surrounded by amazing people, um, we're just not going to be able to withstand it. So... Um, kudos to you for for taking the hits and keep going and and I appreciate you you really sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks for your time and uh, thanks to your listeners. And uh, my final comment is that we've all heard it before, but Margaret Mead said, 
you know, it doesn't take a lot of people to change the world. Uh, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but a, a small group of committed people can change the world. And so, you know, if you want to think like a disruptor, think about how you would like to see the world being and then figure out a way to make that happen. Fantastic. Thanks, Scott. And yeah, thank you for watching and listening to this episode. Um, I truly believe we've heard it quite a number of times over in this, this episode. Winning together is how we're going to thrive, how we're going to succeed. And uh, so join the BWB family, hit the subscribe button. If you like this episode, if it was of value to you, um, hit the like button and please share it. Let's share the love and let's play a new business game together where we, uh, we play and prosper together. So until next time, sending you oceans of love from Mauritius. Cheers.